greatest. <laughs> Edition of Robots for Eyes. That was confident. The greatest. I don't even know what it's about, sir. It's about murder, obviously. It's always great, though. I can't it? wait till this fucking week's over. This murder month, sorry. I can't wait till it's gone. Out ne- of the way. Yeah, I think next month's going to be an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I don't know. It's been building, so had to come out. Um, uh, Yeah, well, it'd be good, won't it? Because maybe next month, like we say, we... we um. Just do it a bit different, you know what I mean? Try something different. Yeah, we'll mix something up. Yeah, yeah. No more stabbings, rapings, <laughs> pillagings, bludgeonings. Even though there's people who love it out there, but they, they sorry, do. we can't do it all the time, can we? The snipers are talking about it. They say that, like, for some reason, everybody responds really, really well to gruesome, horrible stories. They do. The, the real, true murder ones, people absolutely going nuts and talk to you loads on it don't they yeah yeah it's crazy like some some cases i've looked into doing i'm like oh well to be fair this is just a case of poisoning there's no like you know guts coming out of people's like sides if they've been hit with an axe yeah this isn't gonna cut it unfortunately (laughs) not gonna cut the mustard (laughs) it's not gonna cut the side (laughs) how your how's your week been rob all right busy working day and night near enough most of the time really yeah yeah been hardcore how many hours a day you been doing about 14, 15, something like that. Pussy. <laughs> but, um, I've been doing, I can't remember now, if it's been two weekends or, two or three weekends I've been working on the trot, and I've got another two more of it. Uh, I hate that. It's I crazy. hate it when you get a glut of that. And, like, weekends, like, if you if you don't get to have time off and chill, it just makes, I think, the rest of the, in the entire next week, the next working week, shit. Because you yeah. know it's, there's no end to it. Yeah, th- it, you don't really get much time to yourself, even though you're... Up, well, for me, I am usually am by myself and I'm working, but you want that time when you've finished just to sit down and go, <sighs> yeah. for like 10 minutes at least. But uh, it's hard to get that, do you know what I mean? Do you like working by yourself? Or do you prefer to work with people? I think I work faster by myself. Yeah. I think I get more done. Sometimes when I'm working with someone else, I've, at the end of the day, I go, I could have done all this by myself. Mm. Probably spend half the time chatting. <laughs> It is, isn't it? That's one <laughs> no. of the things. No, I don't think it's that. I, th- I think, I don't know. I think um, I, when I'm on my own, I, I feel a bit more stressed, which kind of pushes me to work harder. I know what you mean there. We were talking about it on the phone earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It kind of makes me speed up, do you know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. And I kind of like, in my mind, I know what I've got to do by the end of the day. And I put on a, I sort of make, I split the job up into sections go do that do that do that do that and it's all done and then I split them sections up into times and I've got to be doing this by this to otherwise the plan will fall apart you've got your schedule yeah yeah and I'm alright but then when you've got when you're working with somebody else it just fucking falls apart yeah people talking to you people yeah. go can you come and move your van please and you're like well you've just wrecked my schedule now because that five <laughs> minutes is going to cost me time <laughs> yeah you fuckers what are you doing unbelievable so <laughs> need some got some shout outs cool Asa Horsley Asa Horsley. Yeah. Um, sounds like um, uh, <laughs> someone who's back of the grid at the um, at the Formula One to me. Asa Horsley, like, um, what is it, like 25th on the grid or something. <laughs> Always comes last, is in the team shit <laughs> car. This team actually, shit car. Yeah, and it's just made out of shit, literally. F1's nuts, isn't it? It's crap. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it because it's like... It's boring. Uh, to be fair, I don't really know a lot about it, but what, what I have watched um, and what people do tend to say is that the races are won and lost in the pits is that still something that's a thing i think so but but the, uh, 
Don't they change the tyres in like two and a half seconds or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should have like five laps madness where they ring a bell like when at any point of it and you can do what you like. You know what I mean? That'd make it a bit more interesting. You know what I mean? You could get out and just like shoot people or something and then and then carry on at the end at the end of the five laps or the five minutes. Like you can tra- get back and carry on. Like trap doors opening the track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. Oil on the on the everything, you know what I mean? Just like, be like a Mario Kart. Mario Kart, yeah. <laughs> One That's of the it. greatest games ever, the original. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge. Um he he um lives uh in the woods. Solid. Will Navis, I think that's his surname. I've wrote it down. Will, but Will it, Navis, yeah, or, or Navis. I, I probably because I'm, I look at it and go, yeah, then I write it down. I probably wrote it down wrong. So, um, <laughs> I'm gonna say an astronomer. Okay, uh, Gemma Lockhurst. Um, it's got to be um, a, a locksmith. <laughs> Obviously, Lockhurst. I don't know. You don't really get to see many female locksmiths. I think that's a don't. very male-orientated trade, isn't it? For some reason, yeah, shouldn't be. I don't know why. It just is, isn't it? And Jack Chadwick, the um, who kindly sent us some beers last week, um, Louise Louise Rackley, I believe, is possibly his girlfriend. And you know, Jack, if she is, um, you're punching above your weight. And um, <laughs> he's jealous that he hasn't had a shout out in the name section, and more specifically, jealous of Louise because she's a rack inspector, a tit inspector. Well, that's pretty week. good, isn't it? Luke, what was his name? Uh, Jack Chadwick. Jack, I was going to say Luke Chadwick, but he's a footballer, an old footballer. Maybe he's like his brother. Yeah, but he looked like a Muppet, so <laughs> <laughs> you hope you're not related Are you to a him. Muppet? He could just be a character, <laughs> a character in Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah, that'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, man. I watched... Oh, a human Muppet? Yeah. I watched a programme... Sounds like a serial killer thing, that does. A programme about um, one of the... I can't remember who it was. It was a guy, and he uh, it was on Netflix, and, it, and he made this puppet, and then like he just kept like practising it. He made like a sock or something. He kept practising and practising. Eventually, he got on like Broadway... And uh, yeah, in, in New York, and, and it was fu- it freaked me out. It, it it scared me. I don't know why, but it just it really, really did freak me out. This bloke walking yeah. around with this fucking puppet, and then he started making millions. I was like, what the fuck is happening? How can a man make a puppet out of a sock? Was he funny? Was he? I don't know. Was it, what was his act? I just didn't get it. I was too busy just sort of staring at the screen in a mild state of panic most of the time, thinking, <laughs> what's happening? And you need to. Did you not watch the sketch then? You I did, but I can't remember. It wasn't Almo. It might have been Almo actually. Uh, what's that one that's head looks like an egg, and he's got the um, like a bit of like a black hair, big eyes, looks like a South Park uh, character, but in um, Sesame Street. Um, one of the brothers is two, isn't there? Yeah, it could be him. The fuck was that? Don't know. It's been a long time since I watched Sesame. He Street. made that, and then he went. Does it look like that, you mean? Or No, it was him. That's it. He's part of it. He got, like, ended up on Sesame Street and it was just fucking weird. Oh, so, okay, so it was before. I might have been inebriated as well. Yeah, it was before. What the fuck? And it might have, yeah, it did freak me out, man. It really did. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what are you talking about? Fucking hell. I, I wonder You're sometimes. <laughs> I wonder sometimes what I am talking about. Uh, that'll do. Um, maybe you want to contact us, you know what to do. Yeah. Google, Robots for Eyes, everything you want there. Simple. And um, sorry, I just had a mouthful of orange juice. As you do. I love a bit of orange juice. Do you? Yeah. Has it got vodka in it? No, that's not a bad idea, though. I'm looking at my booze shelf now. Yeah. Is there vodka there? That's a big question. Gin? Gin and orange. Ooh, I don't know. (laughs) Gin and juice, mate. Do you reckon that'd be all right? I had gin and coke before. What's that like? Like, licking Licking a rat's arsehole. Is it? Yeah. Sharp on the tongue. Didn't understand me. And they give me gin and coke. Where's this? That's for JD and coke. Where were you? 
Where was I? I was uh, Lanzarote in a bar in Lanzarote. You were just slurring it. That's why. You had gin and coke. And they were like, what? Gin just and coke. Anything. I wanted a JD and coke. Because, you know, when you're on holiday and they give you like uh, 80% um, spirits and like 2% coke. Yeah. And then like the other fucking percentage is just air around it. It's crazy. But like, yeah, I was just getting shit based as you do. But like, yeah, gin and coke. I was like, what the fuck is this? Send it back. That's no, I drink it. I'm not surprised. It had about half a pint of gin in it, so <laughs> not gonna, not gonna send it back. Alright, let's get on with it. Let's crack on. might have heard a bit of buzzing in the background during the intro if you did sorry mm. Rob's dildo going off in his pocket yeah sorry I had to turn it off I forgot to turn it off I was, to be fair I was sitting on it so I was <laughs> kind of having a good time but you know it spoiled my fun <sighs> Joel Rifkin have you ever heard of him um I don't think so mm, Matt are you ready to swim in an ocean of dead hookers <laughs> right okay because that's what we're doing today between 1989 and 1993 Four years. Yeah. Odd. So it's a good, it's quite a short period of time. Yeah. Shows a bit of ferocity, this does. Joel Rifkin killed somewhere between nine and 17 prostitutes okay. by strangulation and smashing them around the head. So one every six months, just so roughly. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And then he, he dismembered their bodies and then randomly threw them into rivers around New York. Works. It works. It's a classic technique. Yeah, it's, it is actually. He's one of the most pr- prolific serial killers in um, in New York State. And probably America, to be fair, because like all in all of these cases, seventeen people is probably more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it usually is, isn't it? It's usually yeah. more. They they kind of only doing for the ones that can actually link them those two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's probably more. I reckon. Yeah, but does it matter? Does it seventeen? One seventeen. Do you know what, you know what he mean? said? He said one one. When they said how many have you killed, he was like one one hundred. What's the difference? <laughs> what? what? Well, it's kind of true though, isn't it? Well, in I America. <laughs> What do you mean in America? Well, I mean, is when you get you go to prison, if you if you <laughs> clearly murdered someone, you get life and literally is, should do, yeah. But it, it literally is like eighty year sentence, isn't it? Well, this or something. Is a, so so one or well, what they do in America is if you kill out like <coughs> seventeen, they'll go you you're sentenced to one thousand four hundred years in prison or something. You're like, well, okay, fine. <laughs> you're not that far off, and we'll get into that. Really? Later on. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but you know what I mean. That they give you ridiculous sentences, which is right though, because you yeah, know you murdered someone, so life should mean you there to die. Yeah, I think so. It makes sense. Or one thousand four hundred years, or whatever it could be. You know what I mean? It's quite similar. This case is to the Yorkshire Ripper in some respects. Yeah, good old Peter Sutcliffe. Uh, Sutcliffe. What the fuck does that mean, Tom? <laughs> Fucking idiot. Sutcliffe. Yeah, Sutcliffe. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> so he was born in New York on the 20th of January 1959 to a young college couple um, and they put him up for adoption pretty much immediately they, they just couldn't look after him and it was better for them you know what I mean oh classic first start yeah yeah yeah, yeah tick tick already <laughs> already got the first tick sent but off to an orphanage or something it was good though because at three weeks of age he got adopted so I mean there was oh we didn't so we wouldn't have had a clue yeah. nah nah he got abdu- adu- uh, adopted by we <laughs> 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 abducted you know, <laughs> I'm only drinking orange juice. I know, yeah. I'm gonna have to drink that monkey shoulder. Get that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. So his parents, uh, his adopted parents, Bernard and Janine Rifkin, they were from New York, and I don't think they were skints. They weren't. 
they weren't like baller rich millionaires, but you know they didn't have to worry financially. Uh, and he knew he was adopted from the age of eleven. I right, think. Okay. Well, they didn't hide it from him. Do you think that's probably a, the right thing to do? Tell. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good thing to do. Tell them because if they get, you know, if it gets to like eighteen or twenty or something, and they think they're the parents and something happens, they go, "Well, they're not the parents. They can't do this or that." And you're, what? Mm, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just find out through something else. It's going to be. I think eleven's too late to to be told. I mean, I have no knowledge on on this subject at all, really. But I think you should be d- telling them like as soon as you have them, really. Yes. Yeah, so, like, so when they're like four, when they start to understand, because they won't be upset about it because they don't actually know who shock. their mom is. They think that is their mom and dad still, mm. even though it's not. And then you mean. just have to explain it to them, and they, they, I think that's the best thing to do. Maybe, right? Yeah, I think I, I, that's what I thought. I thought eleven. I mean, yeah, that's telling. It sounds a bit late. Mm. Oh, by the way, we're not your mum and dad. Like, Ooh, what? Yeah, tell me now. Just about to embark on life. Yeah, good time when I was young. But like, like we say, his biological parents they weren't going to be able to care for him, and and his his adopted parents. I mean, it was a much better deal. For mm-hmm. everybody involved, yeah, yeah. Um, his old man Bernard, he was a structural engineer, he was into sports, quite athletic. And his mom, Jean, was a stay at home mom, right? Okay, <laughs> which sounds amazing, doesn't it? It does just stay at home, stay at home mom. What do you do? What's your job? I stay at home, yeah, good on you girls, do a bit of washing. Do you know what I mean? She actually became a recreational therapist when the kids went to school, so it's not like she's just sitting about doing fuck all, yeah, yeah, she's looking after the kids. So it's sound, man, do you know what I mean? Yeah, stable. So his, his adopted parents were sound, they, and they also adopted his sister Jan when he was three. Um, you know, they're both in a good home, mm-hmm. and it's it's great, caring, loving family that want children, uh, you know, and really looking after them. They didn't rape him, didn't batter him, no, no, no animal torture, didn't no slip in the finger, no, no, nothing like that, no fires, no piss in the beds, no drugs, no alcohol, nothing I could find other than adoption, which is no reason or excuse to do any of this anyway no no. so it sounds brilliant in fact he's landed on his feet in some respects you know what i mean yeah in 1965 when he was six years old the family moved to east meadow in long island and apparently that that area is sort of upper middle class okay it's a it's a it's yeah posh i'd say posh yeah okay yeah yeah do you know what i mean is um is that they were community people his dad was a trusted member of the board at the at the local library you know my mum yeah, would yeah. help out so he uh, was he one of these who was on the board to everything like tennis club the library <laughs> airplane society you know what I mean or something stupid like that but then he enrolled in school and this is when the the, the path to um, the serial killer being formed starts to appear he was obviously bullied at school tick obviously yeah it could start yeah uh, i think initially the bullies targeted the most obvious trait he had that was easy to pick on as they always do just exploit your weakness mm-hmm. and unfortunately joel had a really shitty posture kind of like a like an arch back you know what i mean right okay yeah not like a curve of the spine but he was like they called it a sloping posture yeah and, and the teachers would try and correct him in their own special way yeah. By basically just shouting at him in the class. You know, sit up. Sit up straight, which only served to attract attention to the issue. Yeah, because then bullies would be going, like, getting that all the time, so we're going to take the piss out of him for it. Yeah, yeah I mean, they would have clocked on anyway, but when the teacher's bollocking him, yeah, yeah. just being himself. So I bet he's like, shut the fuck up, teacher. Don't don't fucking yeah. say that, man. You're just going to attract attention. fucking picked on later on, yeah. You know what I mean? And he also had bad knees, I think. 
Couldn't find out exactly what was wrong with them, but some sort of knobbly knee syndrome. <laughs> right, knobbly <laughs> knee syndrome. It's a, yeah. good, a good syndrome. And he was uh, terribly shy, and combine that with a, a slight stutter as well, mm. and the bullying, y- you know, you can see that. Was it like a, a, a nervous sort of wreck because of it, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah. He tried to make friends, but, I mean, it just, it didn't work. No one likes uh, someone who's curved over and who's got a stutter, basically. It's really different. They're just going to have it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're like, people would egg him and pull his trousers down, chase him, just do horrible shit to him. And at secondary school, he started to become, as he got bigger, because he's quite a big lad, he was over six foot, I think, in the end, but he was he kind of got really clumsy and would, like, fall over and bump into shit because of his posture. Yeah. And then that would just make him even more withdrawn. Yeah. Because people are like, ah. He's falling over. Mm, you're dumb, man. You know what fell I mean? Over. Who, who fell over. Who fell over. All that. And fucking smack him on the head with an egg. Yeah. Cunts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So he didn't participate in sports because, I mean, he couldn't really. Uh, but his dad was also sporty. So I don't know if that... He's obviously his old man's not going to give him any grief for that. But um, I think he kind of, kind of felt a bit sort of inadequate. Because mm. his old man's like chucking fucking baseballs and like... Did, like dribbling basketballs and fucking, and he's just like falling over his he's own like feet. It's like the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was dyslexic, right? Okay, which is makes the alternative, which is I suppose like the academic side, going into school and becoming good in yeah. lessons. He was he wasn't very good at no. that either. Uh, he's a clever lad though. ID, uh, IQ of 128, which puts him in the superior intellect oh. category. Okay, so you know, I don't know whether I don't know how that. I mean, what. I might have to try an IQ test. <laughs> Should we do one live? We'll do one live. We'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a. We'll have a beer session in a, after this murder month. So we'll do an IQ test. Should we, yeah. Should we do like we should do an IQ test when we're sober and an IQ test when we've had ten pints. Yeah, man. Can and see see what the difference is. Yeah, superior intellect. <laughs> yeah, clattered. Get better. You're better on ten pints. Okay. I did some exams at school and I was pissed. Mm. I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to fail this. So I might as well just going drunk. Mm. Why not? Do you know what you I mean? pass it, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Perfect. <laughs> so, like, with um, with undiagnosed dyslexia, he was struggling to get any grades at all. And what grades he did get were shitty, which weren't a true reflection on his his real ability because yeah. he's undi- undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's often the case, isn't it? But his dad would get angry at that. He'd expect him to get a better grade, and, you know, he didn't. So, uh that did make him feel inadequate. And he also got the n- the nickname Turtle because of his slow, undulating, yeah, yeah. you know, the way he walked and that. And it's interesting to know that he didn't respond to bullies with violence. Like, you, you know, you think one day you're going to go, fuck this. Yeah, yeah, and just like, yeah, go nuts and just, you know, stop stab someone. On. Yeah, yeah. He just took it on the chin. Even when people were like pulling his trousers down in front of girls, he didn't he didn't seem to, to fight back. Right. Which in some respects is probably a better thing to do. I yeah. Think. Kids do you know what I do? I just I, if they pull my trousers down, I just carry on walking them down. You just start wanking. <laughs> I just, yeah, that would stop them doing it, wouldn't it? I just carry on walking with them down, and when they start laughing, I just ignore them and just carry on, right? And then when they go, oh, your trousers are down," you go, "So what's your problem? You pulled them down, you prick." I carry on walking. What you what are you gonna do? You can't embarrass me, you fucking prick. Yeah, it's funny how you look back on things. Is um, your mum a hooker? Because I'm gonna kill her and rape her. <laughs> yeah, you better pray your mum's not a fucking lady of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's gonna end up in a bag in a river. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In about fucking thirty. She'll days. have my she'll have my kegs down like you've just done. But <laughs> I will strangle her or something. So he he um because school was so shit, he'd turn up late, leave early, and obviously he just prefers his own company, mm-hmm. sitting in his bedroom at home, where obviously, as a teenage lad, 
he started getting sexy thoughts. Yes. Um, and uh, obviously without anybody around, because he's living in like a weird bubble world, because he can't relate to anybody, these normal sexy thoughts started to develop into violent <laughs> sexy thoughts, let's just say. Right, okay. And this is another, you can sort of see it starting to move from here. So the bullying at school. Do you reckon it could be because of the bullying though? Do you reckon he's, he's starting, obviously he's a teenage lad, so he's like, getting these thoughts, but because he's getting bullied, is he thinking angrily towards the bullies, but putting it in his own mind towards like sexual, um, um, sort of, I don't know, what would you call it? It's just sexual... Fantasies. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, like, he he didn't... I don't think it's the case that he, like, thought, fuck it, let's go and watch some murder porn. No. I just think it... I don't think it's that either. It might have... It might have just... He, he watched a lot of, like, weird films, and I think maybe he was starting to... With I think if there was lads around, if you had mates around watching it, they'd go, this is a bit weird. Because yeah, there was no one there to say it's a bit weird. He just kept fucking watching it and yeah, thought, yeah. this is the norm. This is just what I do. Yeah, yeah. And then that got him into a bit of trouble in later life. Yes. He was interested in photography okay. and concentrated a lot of his efforts in, at school into the high school yearbook project. I think that's like a, a thing in the States. Like, right, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> something that fucking schools do or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. So his job was to photograph and submit um, pictures of students doing school activities and unfortunately, this didn't happen. His parents bought him a camera to use specifically for the job, but the fucktards at school nicked it off him. Right, okay. So, like, basically smashed it. And he it's confirming that he should have stayed in his bedroom all along. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, I fucking knew it, man, you bastards. And at the end of the year, when the book was finished, there was, like, a, um, a big party to, to celebrate fucking the end of term or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sounds fucking awful. Uh, but Joel wasn't invited even though he'd put all this effort in to getting this book up and running for mm. everybody. Apparently he was devastated. His mum said he was, you know, that was a real, a real kick in the bollocks for him. Yeah, yeah. I think he grafted so hard on it, thinking if I do a really good job, yeah. people will, will, yeah, I'll be invited and it'll be, and people will appreciate that and, and they've just ignored him and actually dismissed him in a way. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculed him further and, and it got worse because I think his photo in the yearbook was submit like they, substituted his picture with a picture of a turtle. Really? Yeah. So, so it's, it's like just Joel fucking bully, yeah. bullies galore, yeah. And it went to something like a thousand, like printed a thousand copies before anybody realised. <sighs> Cunts, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's around this time in his teenage years, he became obsessed with Alfred Hitch- Hitchcock's movie, Frenzy, and he got proper stiffies over the scenes where women were getting strangled to death. Right, okay. As you do. And he started to incorporate murders into his lonely, isolated teenage bedroom wanks, you know what I mean? Yeah, imagine murdering the bullies while wanking on them. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And he also developed a fantasy where armies of women would fight each other to the death just to be with him, which is a bit peculiar. Yeah, so- sounds like Game of Thrones or something. I've never watched it, but I'm assuming it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, just what? Seas of women fighting? <laughs> yeah, for for me, obviously. <laughs> That's what I imagine what it's about. So you got to remember, he's had absolutely no sexual contact with a girl or a woman ever. There's no, no intimate kiss, no titty grab, no slip of the finger at the back of biology class. There's yeah. nothing like that. And all the while, he's got like a fucking full ball bag and a giant stiffy and he's got no release. He's getting yeah, all yeah. these pent up fucking feelings and he doesn't know what to do with it. Mm. So I, I do feel sorry for him at this point. And it's often the case in, in these... Um, 
you know, the, the, these weird fucking serial killer murderer dudes. That you, at the beginning, you're like, oh, yeah, man, I can kind of see. Do you think it's an instinct thing um, to, to for people to pick on, like, I suppose it's like the rent of the pack at the yeah. school. Do you mob think rule. it's an instinct thing or what? what? What, for the kids? Yeah. Just mob rule, innit? They just team up, find a weakness and go for it. It's just, it's, I just find it odd because it happens everywhere. You know what I mean? You don't Human really nature. have um, someone who's either a little bit odd or, um, um, uh, you know, struggling with stuff who who really gets away with not any bullying at all. Mm. They always get they always get the pasting. Just a difference, I suppose. If you're different in any way, you mean like people are really can be like incredibly intelligent students who get straight A, straight A's, and then they get it as well. And you're like, yeah. the fuck are you doing, man? That's a genius kid. Play the violin backwards, drunk, upside down in underwater, whilst doing a physics exam, yeah, yeah. and you're having a go at him. What the fuck? Yeah, you nuts. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? So like, he's getting no experience with women at all whatsoever, and he's thinking, "Fuck this shit! I'm about to head into the big wide world. I better sort my sex life out." He just wanted to get one under the belt, a bit like American Pie. Yeah, man. just want to get laid. Yeah, except he didn't use a pie. What he did, this was in 1977. At the he did, some sort of pie, but not, <laughs> not a food pie. At the incredibly tender age of 18, he decides to take a, a plunge and get a get a prostitute. And it was a, a lady of the night, basically, mm-hmm. to help ease him into the world of sex. So his first sexual encounter was with a 47-year-old Korean prostitute from the Bronx. Right, okay, nice. It's <laughs> a baptism of hellfire. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's her fault, man. She broke him. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, he's like I could imagine like a, a woman of, of who's been that well seasoned in the uh, in the art of sex for that many years. He'd be like, "Should we use love?" And she'd be like, "Nah, nah. I need to feel the chafing so I don't feel dead on the inside." <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sand wizard sleeve down there. <laughs> yeah, it smells of cheese too, <laughs> and lots of spunk from the previous four people in the yeah. last half hour. You're gonna get a prostitute. You might as well be the first in line. I love it. It's like like you say, a seasoned professional with someone who, who's never done it before. You know what I mean? And then she's going, like, double fist me. And he's like, what? I don't oh, even know what that means. What do you, what Does that mean punch you in the face? Yeah. Yes, come on. I, I like mean, that. Does that mean blooding me to death? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think it means. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> so he's got his wings now and he rolls into into college, like Johnny Big Balls, and things are looking good. A fresh start, new people. You know, he's a, and he's a man of the world, thanks to that Korean. Yeah, he feels from the Bronx. Yeah, feels like the doors have opened. So he enrolls in, I think it's called Nassau, I believe, if I'm pronouncing that, Community College, whatever, on Long Island. Uh, and it was a bit of a mission from his parents' house where he was still living. So they got him a car so he could commute every day. Mm-hmm. So this, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a good life, man. Yeah, yeah. He's got cars, you know what I mean? He's getting enrolled. This is all right, man. But it didn't get any better for him. So now it's like I'm starting to think, um, were you just a weirdo or or were you a bit of a cunt as well? Because... It seems to be that people don't like you everywhere you go, yeah. And you turned into a serial, and you and you you actually were a serial killer, yeah. So is it you or is it them? It's true, yeah. I mean, if if you if you're getting bullied somewhere, you go or, or picked on, go and then you go somewhere else, and it happens again. You go, you know, what I mean, is are they doing something to cause that? Yeah. Except for their look, you know what I mean, or yeah. their disability or whatever it is, you know what I mean. I but know exactly what I mean, yeah. I don't know, maybe. And you think if it's a college as well, um, people aren't as bad when you when they're like eighteen or nineteen. Just chill out a bit. Yeah, yeah. They're a bit more. <coughs> people will be more defensive towards it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If yeah. if someone goes, ah, oh, look at it, you know, like 
hunchback of Notre Dame over there. Someone would go, fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah, sh- shut, fuck shut up, Gary, you yeah. prick. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, then, and then it's all sorted again, doesn't it? So. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what made me think. Cause yeah. it, 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 the fact that it still persisted. You can get it at the younger age, like 12 and stuff. Cause people are immature, aren't they? So, But you think of that age. Mm, yeah. But he, he wasn't fitting in even at college. I think like... Because he was commuting there and back every day, and his mates were living on campus, going out on the piss, and he couldn't join them. He's on his own again. Separation, isn't he? you know yeah. what I mean? And he, he drifted out in and out of different unsatisfactory, shitty jobs that he didn't like, not interacting with anybody or anything other than his right hand. He's really <laughs> feeling lost and alone. And so often is the case, there's usually a, a catalyst that something that kicks off. The, uh, the crazy, psychotic ball r- rolling down serial killer hill, you know, something yeah. that really gets it going. And that event was the, was the death of his, his dad, Bernard, in, in 1987. He was a heavy smoker, even though he was athletic, but he was obviously... I think this is back in the day when they prescribed fags, wasn't it? I yeah, think yeah. that's when he started You got smoking. a cold, have a fag. Yeah, toughen your lungs up. And he, got bro- he, was, he um, used to suffer from bronchitis, but it got worse. That, that man, that man who took him in and was... In some respects, probably keeping him in line to mm-hmm. a certain degree, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he got diagnosed with prostate cancer and stuck it out for as long as he could until it got too much and he took his own life with a barbiturate overdose, but it took him four days to die. Right, okay. okay. So yeah. he, didn't, he didn't die from the disease and... He, no, he, he just went, I'm, I'm not having this. He tapped out, but yeah, it yeah. took four days to fucking tap out, yeah. which Ooh. is... And yeah. his whole family seeing that happening. So they know he's yeah. dying and that is horrible, mate. You know what I mean? It kind of pushed him over the edge. Um, And that same year that his dad died, he got arrested for the first time, busted for picking up a prostitute on Long Island. The hooker turned out to be an undercover policewoman. Mm -hmm. And he got away with a fine, but he was massively embarrassed and ashamed of himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, probably, mate. Yeah. Should just make it legal, really. Was was she, um, yeah, well, I think it, well, it doesn't work in this case, clearly, but I mean, I think it would stop people raping and murdering. Possibly. It doesn't work in this case, obviously, because he's <laughs> hiring them and still killing them, but you know what I mean? But He managed to keep the arrest secret from his mum, because obviously her husband had just died, and, he, and she didn't, he didn't want her to burden the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. shame or the, or the stress or the pain or whatever, ill feelings about, about his, uh, his arrest as well. So we know at this point in his life, he was spending almost all of his money on prostitutes. Yeah. He was proper, proper obsessed with them, like and his little fantasies, and he could kind of like he realised he could get freaky sex whenever he wanted. Yeah, I suppose that you can ask for what well, you can near, near enough ask for whatever he wants off him, can't he? That's like, it. Can I? I don't know. Strangle you for a minute, and then yeah, okay, just don't kill me. Well, <laughs> that's the thing because he, he really enjoyed like the perceived power. Yeah. Because yeah. he felt powerless in his life, but now if he goes and hires a woman and says, you know, uh, bend over, I want to look at your arsehole, she'll just do it. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Wow, I can just tell them to do anything, and yeah, they will." Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like a perceived power and, a, and, a, and like you know, um, attention as well. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have that before. And no, these no. girls are going to fuck the shit out of him. And yeah, he's yeah. Like, this is it's amazing. Like, yeah. So the lower east side of Manhattan was where he was crawling, curb crawling for prostitutes, and that was a, pro- a prime spot for hookers at the time in the in the eighties, like openly soliciting in broad daylight. Didn't, didn't care. Yeah. Nah, loads of easy work. But he wasn't cut for the streets. He got mugged several times by prostitutes. He got mugged by prostitutes. Yeah, yeah. This fact was. It does make you think, though. Like, what, what, what has he done? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it makes you think that they must have done, he must have done something for them to do that. Unless they literally took him down an alley and, and said, and then like freaking Leroy and Dave popped out <laughs> with Leroy? bats. You know what <laughs> I mean? And went, give us your fucking cash. So it's like, um, and a few of his victims actually beat the shit out of him before he managed to kill him. So, so okay. I think I think at this point, like if we ignore the the, the, the murders that come, even the even the prostitutes that he yeah. felt comfortable with of, of mugging him and shit. Yeah, yeah. But mate, if you're going, if you're getting ladies of the night off the street, of New York in the the mid eighties, expect uh, some shit to go down at some point. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. They're not going to bring cupcakes and a, you know a cup of tea into yeah. the, into the have a cup of tea before. Yeah, you know what I mean it's a bit fucking dodgy, isn't it? You know what I mean. So the following year, nineteen eighty eight, when um, uh, Rifkin was 29. He tried one last time to sort his life out. So he enrolled at the University of New York. And he was a straight A student. So that's pretty okay. fucking good. Yeah. For two terms. All right, okay. <laughs> and then he dropped out. So it didn't last long. But, nah. but he was doing well. It's a shame, really, because he got he got awarded a job. He was given a job at a um, an arboretum in Oyster Bay, which, I mean, that that there... The fact that he enrolled, got straight A's, and got a job. When you look, if you remember that at the end, this could have been a point where his life could have taken a massively different direction. Yeah, yeah. it could have saved him. Mm-hmm. But um, those hookers ain't going to dismember themselves. Don't. So he uh, by he had to drop out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what he said? He said, "I'd love to do it. Yeah. I'd love to the job. I'm going to have to reject it because those hookers ain't going to, you know, dismember <laughs> themselves. So uh, I'm going to have to go to that. Sorry. Thanks for the offer, though. Yeah. See you later. Till <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell the press. Shh. <laughs> yeah. By March 1989, he was skinned. He'd blown all of his money on cash, and then it seemed to all boil over, just ruptured out, and then the fucking monster was out in the world. Yeah. His mum had gone away for a business trip and he had the house to himself. So he went cruising and picked up twenty-five year old prostitute called Susie, right? She was a heroin addict. After getting in the car, she asked him to drive around and pick up drugs. So he, he drove her to multiple locations. I mean like what are you doing, mate? Yeah. You're a taxi driver or something. Yeah. yeah. Or is she gonna give you a prostitute blowy? taxi that's a very um specific uh, business plan. Yeah. Imagine taxi driver, you know, can I have a taxi? Are you a prostitute? No, <laughs> you can't get in. <laughs> so he's there driving her around like a little bitch. And he's like, what the fuck's going on here? So he takes her home. They had sex. She didn't seem to enjoy it. She even asked, you know, are, are you done yet? Are you finished? Which is a bit fucking, you know, he felt robbed. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you got to put your back into this stuff. Come on. So after fucking, she'd shoot up heroin, fall asleep. Because she's there for the night. Yeah, yeah. And then she'd wake up, shoot more heroin do more smack, fall back asleep. And then she asked him in the morning if um, he could give her a lift to get more drugs. And he was like, that fucking cheeky hooker hmm. thinks she owns me. So in a mad rage, he grabs a howitzer artillery shell and then just batters her around the head. Where the fuck did he get that from? He's like, I, I'm not, I don't know, he's gone to a tank museum or something. <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah, 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 I don't know, yeah. some military. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just he, on the sideboard of the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what a random object. <coughs> I mean, it's, I mean, probably the only person in the entire <laughs> world getting bludgeoned to death with a, an artillery shell at Especially that point. Especially yeah, at that point, definitely, yeah. So he said he only stopped when he got tired. He just kept fucking clubbing her. And he's like, my arms are hurting. And, and, that's that's when, and then we went, oh, she's dead. No, she was still alive. Oh, right, okay. So they had to uh, finish her off with this, a spot of manual strangulation. Oh, right, okay. Classic. Ju- yeah, man, a classic. And during the fight, she bit the fuck out of his hand as well. Okay. So he's not, I don't think he's, you know, he's, I mean, these women are fighting for their lives, aren't they? Yeah. After, he's ki- after he strangled her to death, after smashing fuck out of her, you'd think, you know, that's a quite a high energy, intense adrenaline rush. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
but he just takes he calmly takes a four hour nap as if nothing's happened. Do you know what I mean? And when he wakes up, he's like, "Oh shit, I've got a fucking dead hooker." Just oh, what am I gonna yeah, do? Like that, yeah. So what he did is he carried her down into the basement. He put her body onto a makeshift table, and over the next eight hours, he dismembered her corpse with a scalpel. A what? tiny little fucking... You know, that's dedication, isn't it? He should have just gone out and bought a saw. <laughs> that's what I thought. He saved his time by, like, literally seven hours. A fucking scalpel, mate. He said he, he chopped her into six parts. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm With guessing... With a scalpel. I'm, I'm guessing the legs, arms off, that's four. Head, and then the body. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm guessing. Two arms, two legs, torso, oh, yeah. head. Uh, he says, um, "What he'd do is he cut deep into a into a like cut the flesh away and go round it and keep going round and round it like a joints or whatever with uh, the scalpel. And then when he was down to the bone, he just pop the fucking joints and snap <laughs> them off. You know what I mean? What the fuck, man? And he also tried to hide her identity. So, he, did you reckon he b- before? Sorry, Tom. Um, right. b- do you reckon he planned to kill her, or do you reckon he just got really brassed off with her demands? I don't know. I don't think he. I don't know. It's difficult to say because he doesn't say." It just, just seems mad thing to do, and like you say, just go back to sleep and then get up and go, I'll oh, dismember it now. I don't think he planned it, because if he did, he would have had something better than a scalpel. Yeah. A piddly... That's what I mean, yeah. a fucking pen knife. Yeah. That's basically what you used. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's shocking. So, like, to conceal her ID, because he's... Uh, I don't say he's panicked, because he knows what he's doing. What he did is he, he peeled... He cut her fingertips, like, peeled the skin off, like where her fingerprints <laughs> were, and he also pulled her teeth out of a, de- of a decapitated head with pliers, like a fucking football underneath your arm. He's going... Just oh. ripping teeth out. So he's, he got the, the brains to do things like to try and cover, just in case they do find the body. So yeah. they go, don't know who it is sort of thing. So then he puts her arms, her legs and her torso into bin bags mm. and then stuffs her head into a painting, drives to New Jersey and chucks her head and her legs into the woods mm. near a place called Hopewell. And then he headed home and throws her arms and her torso into the East River. See ya. That was her gone. The thing is, that was his first murder, and he went straight to dismemberment. Yeah, yeah. with a little, with a tiniest knife in the world. Do you know what I mean? You think that, like, if you've never seen a dead person before, and then you see a dead person, that's horrifying. A four-hour nap, and then Godfrey went, <sighs> right, let's do this, let's get the table out. Yeah, she's not going to chop herself up. Yeah, I'd better, um, I suppose, he, I'm guessing, if he didn't plan to murder her, he, he may have been asleep because of shock, maybe, I don't know. Woke up and went, oh shit, it did actually happen. And then he's gone, um, how am I going to get this body out of here? And I suppose most people would go, <laughs> dismemberment. <laughs> Chop her up. Yeah. Dismember that bitch. I'd just hire one of those, um, you know, those tree surgeon things. Just fucking <laughs> hire one of those out. Of the well, <laughs> people have done that, man. Yeah. People have done that. Have they? Yeah. Like putting through shredders. Yeah. Like It'd be good fertiliser as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. She wasn't discovered for a full year until a dude on a golf course hit his hit the ball into the woods, and then like, he's like searching around for his ball, and he found a, a tin of glass with a a dead hooker's head in it. <laughs> a tin of glass with you a dead I mean? hooker's head in it. Her legs were found eighty miles away, and they were matched to her at like a much later date using DNA. And she wasn't identified until two thousand and thirteen, and her name was Heidi. I think it's Balch or Balach. I think I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. All right. ID through DNA. She was like an unnamed, uh, an ID'd for an ID'd. For I suppose <laughs> it is in a way. Yeah, <laughs> that's a word. Um, for um, I mean, how many years is that? Fucking nearly well, tw- twenty. Yeah. Can we come up to twenty? Well, yeah. yeah, twenty years, isn't it? Yeah, poor woman. You know what I mean. But nobody suspected him, and he, and he pretty much got away with it. And it was easy, man. Mm. 
That was a piece of piss. He tried to contain his urges because they, st- they were coming back quite a lot. And he did for over a year. And mm. he's picking up prostitutes. But he just he, you know, he just wasn't he was sleeping. Just being normal. Yeah. He wasn't killing them with artillery shells. He was yeah. just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds extreme, doesn't it? Killed with an artillery shell. Yeah, he's mad. Did you get shot? No. No, he got beaten to death of it. <laughs> now, unfortunately, for a lady called Julie Blackbird, his urges got the better of him and he struck again in 1919. Now, the dates are hard to pin down um, because the, the bodies were so badly fucked up and this, most of what, what we're finding out uh, about the bodies, what we did find out, came from Joel and he couldn't really remember the exact dates. He was like, somewhere around that time-ish, you know what I mean? Mm. He picked her up in Manhattan and again took her back to... His mum's house. She was out of town on business or whatever. The night went well. They had sex. She wasn't a wreckhead like the previous yeah. one, Heidi. They both slept through the night. And in the morning, Joel goes to the cash point to get some money out to pay. And when he gets there, he's like, oh my God, balance, zero. Shit. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay? Yeah. And he's thinking, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I Killer. know. Just, yeah, I'll just, I'll just bludgeon her to death with a table leg. Oh, right, okay. Where's he getting these random objects from? <laughs> <laughs> artillery shell next to the bed or whatever and then fucking table leg was he going to kill her with next you know what I mean one table leg on <laughs> its side yeah. what kind of fucking three legged table have you got <laughs> yeah so he does that man and um, again she survived the initial attack so mm. I'm thinking you're just a weak bitch man you can't kill people with metal giant metal bullets or whatever yeah. and he had to finish it again with a with a quick strangle um, you know and after killing her this is where it gets a bit creepy he said uh I thought he thought to himself. I mean, well, she's 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 dead now. I could just fuck her real quick. I could just indulge in a bit of necrophilia. Why not? He's like, no, 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 no. That's insane. I've come too far. He got the idea from the man, the legend, Ted Bundy. Oh right, okay, yeah, still there. Isn't there a movie being done on him recently? No. Have you seen it with um that Zach Pretty Efron. Boy? What's his name? Yeah, what's his name? Zach Efron. Efron or something. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. I haven't seen it. Watch it. Is it out on normal telly? Is it or something? Or Netflix? Netflix, or something? mate. Netflix. Oh, right. Okay. I will have a look. What's it called? Uh, it's called Did the. I can't fucking remember. What's it called? The evil no. inside. The, the 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 horror. I can't remember. Just you'll find that. it. It's a piece of piece to find. That shows how how well um how how much of an impact it had on me. If I can't even remember what it was fucking called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and yeah, he's killed this girl. Right. Smashed her head in with a table leg. He takes her down to the basement uh, and with a big knife this time. So, so he's, he's p- kind of prepared this yeah, time. Yeah, he, he chops her the fuck up, stuffs her head and her arms and legs in a bucket and then pours concrete over them. And he puts her torso into like a crate, just fucking whatever. He drove into Manhattan, throws her torso into the East River and chucks the concrete-filled buckets into a, a canal in Brooklyn. Uh, and like we said, her, her remains were never found. And we only know the details of that of her murder from him and his confessions. Okay. So he's quite good at getting rid of the bodies then, as in like hiding them, really, yeah. to a point where they can't really put pin him to it. Yes. There, re- there is a reason why he was able to get away with it for as, as long. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit anyway. So he's living in two worlds, effectively. He's, he's, like, he's, you know, he's at home with his mom, mm-hmm. living the normal life, and then, you know, at night time, he's, uh, you know... Murdering hooker <laughs> killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to those on the outside, it, it, his life was starting to get back together. You know what I mean? Mm. He'd he'd set up a landscaping business in 1991 and rented an area at a local garden centre, but he wasn't really interested 
in getting any work in. He was using the that rented space as a front, like a holding area, to store bodies whilst he was trying to figure out how to dispose of them. Right, okay, so <laughs> maybe he should have done like a corpse removal business from there. Yeah, Undertaker. Yeah. I wonder how many people, how many Undertakers are out there that just fuck bodies when no one's looking. They've got to do Probably quite that. a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also imagining quite a lot of them do all sorts of stuff that they're not meant to do to me. I don't mean like in that way. I mean like pull out their eyes and make them do funny faces or whatever <laughs> and put them back in. You know what I mean? Things like that. Do you know what I mean? There's a few photos on the internet that would confirm that. Is there? Yep. Oh, right. That would, I would say that wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, I know it's bodies and all that, but it's, you know, people fuck around at work. You know what I mean? Please. And their work just so happens to be with people who are dead. So, If you're an undertaker... Get in, get, in t- get in touch, man. Let's yeah, t- tell uh, us if you've um, tampered with the corpse. Um, chop, chop, you know, chopped a cock off and stuck it on someone's head or something. <laughs> Made a literal dickhead. Yeah. 69 to few dead bodies. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's rank, in it? It's mental. People it? do it, man. Mm-hmm. People do it. So murders are easy. He's confident now and he knows how to do it. And he began collecting serial killer books and newspaper cuttings of serial killer crimes and, and his own. So his, his urges now took took over and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this full time now, yeah, basically. Yeah. He strikes again, July 13th, 1991. He's picked up a 31-year-old heroin addict called Barbara Jacobs. Now, in those days, he's not pushing the envelope of killing. He's just sticking to the plan that he knows works. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't that, fix yeah, it. Yeah, true. She was again taken back to his mum's house for some sexy time. They fuck, she sleeps, and then Joel bashes her head in with the same table leg used on Julie Blackbird. Oh, nice. So he's now got even a specific weapon yeah. of choice. Yeah, I like it. And again, she survives the uh, the bludgeoning, and he ends up strangling, t- strangling her to death. Now, I think at this point, that's probably the plan all along because he was mad obsessed with Hitchcock's frenzy. And especially the strangulation scenes. Mm. So I think he's just clubbing them so into they're submission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're weakening them, strangling them. Yeah, yeah, like a strangle wank almost, you know what I mean? Mm. Mad weapons though, isn't it? Yeah. How it's artillery shells, table legs. See, I wouldn't, yeah. I wonder what the next thing would be. If he does use the next thing, or is he stuck to his trust? If he's used the table leg twice, he might have stuck to that. He might have gone, that's a good little weapon, that one. Rifkin told the police after his rest that he didn't want to chop up another hooker because it was too messy. I mean, probably is, in all fairness. That's yeah. It really it is. It wouldn't spray, though, would it? No. Unless you've got a chainsaw on it or something, obviously. Which uh, he does later. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's his own fault. That's his own fault. I mean... That's your speed. It's it a compromise. Only, only kind of sprays if your heart's beating, doesn't it? It's like yeah. a... It's the liquid's still in you, though. It's going to yeah. come out, isn't it? Yeah, it's, well, it's like... Yeah, I suppose. It's just a case of... Just do it de- delicately. Don't do it with a chainsaw. I know it's probably quicker and easier. It's probably got to the point where he's like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> so um, he doesn't chop at Barbara Jacobs. Instead, he wraps her up in plastic, stuffs her in a cardboard box, drives to New York City and chucks her body in the Hudson River. And she was found a few hours later by, okay. a, by like a, I think it was like a team of police officers or firefighters, something doing doing an exercise, like emergency services, basically, pulled yeah. her out the river. Her body was examined by the coroner and he ruled the cause of death as a drug overdose. What? Which is insane, considering it was, she was wrapped in plastic in, in a. And he battered her to death, battered yeah. her around the head with a table again, strangled her to death. Yeah. What the ah, you know what I mean? Overdose. Is it Stevie Wonder, the coroner? <laughs> well, he gave him confidence because he's like, they don't even care. Because he must have known that she was in yeah, a yeah. state. 
He they, must have known. Yeah. And he's like, they, they don't even, they're not even. They don't care about the hookers. It's sad because yeah, it's exactly right. Because back in the 1980s and early, you get you get that quite a lot though, don't you? I mean, not if, so if much she's these like days. A, if she's like a druggy hooker or something, they're like, oh, she's. <coughs> don't want to sound nasty, but this is how I think they imagine. Oh, sh- she's a burden anyway. Doesn't matter. That's exactly what they thought. And, and plus the <coughs> homicide rate in New York at the time. We're, like, we're talking <coughs> 1989. There were 2,000 murders in New York City alone. So okay. it's fucking mad. It's just, yeah, it's just like fucking nuts. So they're like, oh, that's another one. Oh, well. They're going to concentrate on the little kids and... The, the missing know, kids and... Yeah, yeah. And if a dead hooker comes, is floating by in a fucking river in a bag, they're just going to go... Nah. Yeah. We're not going to be able to get to the bottom of this. Probably just say it's an overdose, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not That's on the top of the <laughs> list, were they? That's unbelievable. The coroner's just coming out. Yeah, overdose. <laughs> what about a face has been clearly smashed in? And she died of asphyxiation. I didn't know when you have an o- overdose, your head just swells up like you've been battered like with a bat <laughs> several times. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Mad. Especially if she was only found a few hours later. I could understand the coroner maybe coming to that if she'd been missing for... Two months in the water. You might be hard for him to know to work it out, but yeah. the fact that she's still basically normal. Yeah, she's been there a couple of days. Yeah, you know, no, well, should be, no, it was hours. You said I oh, saw a couple of hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, you think it's going to be obvious. Yeah, that she's been brutally murdered. So it's all like misadventure, suicide. You know what I mean? Overdose, and what they do is they sort of shut the case off, uh, but they take samples and shits in case and put, uh, put them on file yes. in case something crops up in the future. Yeah. They've got the link, link, link them to someone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you'd think like the word would get out amongst prostitutes that a potential serial killer is targeting them in, in the same way that it did in Bradford with the Yorkshire Ripper. Because mm. you remember the prostitutes were like, they're not even doing anything because yeah. it's the same thing. They, they, the police don't care about us. We're going to have to police ourselves here. Mm-hmm. Girls, you need to fucking take number plates down. Have everything. People need to watch. And that's what they were doing. Because it was so many sex workers on the streets at the time in New York. He was just free to roam. He could just oh. do what he liked. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a fair few doing it at the time. So they're just like, oh, it just happens. It's part of the job. Yeah. And you're like, it's not really. <laughs> part of the job isn't to get murdered, but yeah. He chose hookers for no other reason than back then they lived on the in the margins of society and they tended to be nomadic, not having any real home, like living in drug dens mm-hmm. or whatever. And he even said, Rifkin said, nobody misses a prostitute if their friends and family don't even know where they are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so-and-so, Sarah wandered off, you know, six months ago and no one's seen her since. Yeah, yeah. She went to New York. You know, what the fuck? You can't look for her if you don't know where the fuck yeah, she yeah. is. You know what if I mean? she's not yeah, telling you, because she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> to the bottom of a river in a fucking concrete barrel or something. Yeah, you know con- what I mean? concrete bucket. So two months later, September the 1st, 1991, he struck again, picking up 22-year-old Mary DeLuca in Queens. And she was actually with a group of sex workers on the street when she vanished, and they didn't report anything. Right, okay. Probably just smacked off the tits. Yeah. It might, might have, he might have got a look and picked the one that, that no one likes. <laughs> yeah, good. Glad she <coughs> Yeah, don't even like her. He drove around all night with her, listening to her moan about how shitty her life was. Yeah, they're definitely the prostitutes were going, oh, she's gone. Oh, that's right. He even spent $150 on drugs for her. Okay. But I don't think he really cared because he was going to rob the shit out. He robbed He's going to get his money back anyway, and yeah. He'd pay $150 to kill a hooker. I suppose that's the beauty of, of killing a hooker. You can get your money back. 
Yeah. Or not pay him in the first place. Well, you do get your money back, Grand Theft Auto style, if you want to. But yeah, if yeah. you're buying drugs for her, you're not getting that back. No. But if that's just a means to an end to kill her, we might, whatever. Might be, yeah, you might be thinking, well, it's, you know, she's going to be weaker off that and off her face. So there we go. Yeah. Exactly, mate. And yeah. take her anywhere he, he wants then. So anyway, they ended up at a hotel this time. And he's, he's sort of mixing it up now. This is the first killing outside the safety of his mother's home. He's not in, in private. Now, initially, Mary was like, come on then, let's just have sex and get it over with. And she was complaining all the time and even asked mid-fuck if he could get her more drugs. So he's like, what? That's just rude. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Put your yeah. Have you ever been hit hard with an artillery shell? <laughs> that's, what, that's what he should have said. <laughs> Stop your moaning. She seemed to... Um, to like be rushing him as well, like fucking turbo wanking him just yeah. to get it over with. And like he said that that was enough money. He actually asked her, he, to- he told police, he said to her, Do you wanna die? And apparently she was like, Yeah, I do actually. So he just he just fucking strangled he didn't. her. He just strangled her to death. Oh, okay. So she said she didn't even fight back, didn't even try. And really? Was, and it was one of the weirder murders, he said. One of the weirder murders. So she, she So you see he, he he was getting rushed. He was obviously angry at the fact he was getting rushed. He probably, like you say, planned to kill her anyway. And um, he's obviously in frustration, going, "Do you want to die?" Because she's trying to, and he's she's gone, yeah. And then he's just gone, oh, okay, it. done it. And she's just not done anything, not retaliated. It's what he says, but she was probably fighting for her life. <coughs> I you can't so. just lie there and let someone strangle you. No, your instincts kind of like just against it, isn't it? You, you just you can't unless you're off your completely off your rocker, which she was. Yeah, and maybe. she might have been close to pass. She might have passed out. He might have done it. At the, end of the, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter because now, old Jolly Boy, he's got a bigger problem to deal with. Yeah, he's in not the, in his home, is he? He's got a dead hooker in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, how the fuck am I going to get her out without anybody noticing? So what he does is he nips out real quick, which is risky because what happens if like... The cleaner comes in, yeah? Yeah, you know what I mean? He buys a trunk, uh, like one of them old school trunks you see in um, like period dramas, like Victorian shit. Yeah, or or Harry Potter or some so, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ridiculous things that they drag on trains. Mm-hmm. They've got their belongings in it. And coincidentally, trunks are used in the Hitchcock movies that he was obsessed ah, with. Ah, right, okay. So he's probably thinking, yeah, can you do yeah. this out? So he drags the the the, uh, the trunk into the hotel room, stuffs her in it, and then drags it back out, loads it onto the flatbed of, of his truck, and then speeds the fuck off, which looks really dodgy, if you think about it. Well, yeah, clearly, obviously. He then dumps her body behind a truck stop and then drives off. Now, she was discovered exactly a month after she disappeared on the 1st of October, 91. She was naked except for a bra and was so badly decomposed they weren't able to positively ID her. Right. Um, she got buried in a nameless grave, which is pretty sad, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And she was identified in 1993 after Rifkin um, confessed. Yeah, he knew, yeah. This is how they're finding it. Like I say, this is how we find a lot of this shit out from him. Like, they <laughs> literally were not onto him at all no. through any of this until the very end. And I also don't buy the, t- the two decomposed to idea. Not after a month, no. Unless it's like in the desert or something. Or In fact, no, it's even in the desert, it'd be even better. Yeah. You got Well, it's just a case of the cops are like, it's a hooker. It's a hooker. Yeah. yeah, that's what, what, what it is. They've probably... Just like, yeah, just yeah. gone yet. Yeah, so hooker. Well, just say she's deep, too decomposed to do it. Shut case. Yeah, got any fingerprints? Could take take a imprint of a, a bit of teeth or whatever. Yeah. yeah, have a look at a mart. Cut a bit of a hair off. Stick it in the file. Yeah. If something crops up, we'll deal with it then. Yeah. Next, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Joel said, he didn't he didn't like the dismemberment. He said it's bad. He didn't like you know chopping people up, but it's <laughs> no way as yeah. bad as killing people. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I suppose, but. 
Really? I, know, I think I know what. Yeah, I kind of know what you're saying, but it's if you've killed the person, then you dismember them, isn't it? Just kind of the same thing. If it's if you've been told to do it, mm. you know yeah. what I mean? Is, is that different? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is what's more harrowing? Being told to cut up someone else's dead body, or kill someone, or kill someone, then cut them up. All of it. What I'm trying to say is, would you kill someone and cut them up and think, fuck, or would you think if you saw someone bringing a dead body and said, you're cutting this up, wh- 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 where would you be more scared? I, I'd be pe- petrified of any of them suggestions, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, but I suppose you've braced yourself a bit if you've already murdered the person. He's got you kind of, you kind yeah. of, the re- realization of it's already happening. Well, he does it again, man. So it's not, it's not off-putted by that much. And mm. and plus, he wanted to fuck one of the bodies. Yeah. He thought, oh, I could just fuck her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's something going on, isn't there? So let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll cover a couple more of the murders. Can't cover them all because there's so many. And then we'll move on to his apprehension. Okie dokie. Time went by, mm-hmm. Rifkin's killing escalated. So he started picking at prostitutes during the day because there was a higher chance of getting caught. Oh, so he, he liked, he started to like the, do you reckon that was because of the hotel thing? So he may have thought, you know, I've done one outside my place, my security, which was out of my own sort of like a ooh, comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. But then he's gone, I quite enjoyed doing that. It's weird. It's, I don't know whether it's like, He's like an, an addict and he wants to stop but can't, so he's trying to just put himself in the way of the law so maybe they can stop it for him. Maybe. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. So that September, the same month he killed Mary DeLuca, Rifkin picks up 31-year-old Korean prostitute, Young Lee. Now, he knew her. I say knew her. He'd been with her before. Right, okay. He'd slept with her a few times. Now, Young Lee was his second prostitute that night and he... Couldn't get a stiffy. Happens to us all, Rifkin, man. Happens to us all. So probably out of frustration or embarrassment, he's like, ah, fuck it, I'll just strangle her. So he did. I mean, that's how he gets off. He's probably trying to think. That's like his Viagra, isn't it? Oh, right, yeah. Strangling. I mean, he's got a hard on doing that. Yeah, yeah. And he said when he was killing her, he remembers her mouthing, you're making a big mistake. As he's like going, die, round her neck. She's going, you're making a big mistake. He's like, no, I'm not. My dick's waking up. This is what I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because he actually kind of knew her, he said he felt bad. Yeah. I mean... You should have said to her, well, it's not a mistake because I've got away with the past seven. (laughs) More panic in her eyes than (laughs) as she's dying. (laughs) That's awful, isn't it? Yeah. He dumped her in the Harlem River and her poor husband identified her body. Her husband? Yeah, they dragged her out and went... She was like within a couple of days and they were like, who's this? Got her idea, whatever. Husband coming and went, yeah, it's her. Fucking did grim, you know that it? she was a hooker? He may have done. He didn't say whether he did or he didn't. I think in that situation, it doesn't really matter. Does no, it? I suppose, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Hooker or not, it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> she's it. a goner. <laughs> it's, <laughs> she's dead, sorry. It's dead. It's dead. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> so next was Lorraine or Vito. She was 28. Again, he strangled her to death while she was actually giving him a blowjob. 
Okay, so I'm trying to work out the hand actions on how to strangle someone. So did he go like that, or did he go thumbs under first? Or well, you see, that is not a good. I mean, strangle with your hands when someone's in. It's not a good purchase. What I would have preferred to do is stuff the head and guillotine like that, and that's would have done the job. Yeah, that's what I would have done. Yeah, but I w- th- yeah, I mean, you it's haven't got much sh- control of her body if no. she's between your legs and you've got your hands around her neck. She could probably quite easily get out of it. She'd just grab your bollocks and rip them off if she yeah, wanted yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's all these films where people are getting strangled. They don't do the obvious thing, do they? They'll just flail around. Yeah, you go straight. Especially if you're giving them a blowjob, just go straight for the bite then. And and also yeah, exactly. And that one, he's definitely gonna let go. I know you might not want to bite his cock because you think he's <laughs> killing you, but. It's going to save you. Bite his cock if he's strangling yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. That's that. Do you know mm. what I mean? So to um, dispose of her body, he goes all goes all mafia. Uh, he drives to Long Island uh, with her body slumped next to him in the car. Oh, right, he's he's not giving two shits anymore. No, he's, just, he's realising now he can sort of do whatever the fuck he likes and the chances of getting caught are really slim because yeah. he's not even trying to sort of cover his tracks yeah. really that much. As long as they're hookers who are probably on drugs, it's okay, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, he sort of found like a loophole. Yeah, yeah. So he dumped her body at the uh, the business landscape place that he rented, and then he um, hid her body underneath a tarpaulin, and then headed over to a, a recycling plant that he used to work at, where he stole some big ass metal oil drub thingy, you know, like the mafias mm-hmm. use. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, this this murder game's a lot of work, isn't it? Moving know, bodies yeah. around. And Sounds like a whole day at work, doesn't it? Just just to do something with the body. Fuck all that. Yeah. Just have a beer and a wank. Yeah. Be a lot fucking easy, wouldn't it? Anyway, so he stuffs her body into the oil drum and then rolls it into the East River near some junkyards. And he was actually spotted doing it by a couple of security guards. And they uh, they approached him and they're like, what are you doing, mate? Are you fly tipping? And he was like, uh, who, me? No, 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 I'm not fly tipping. I was actually just looking for parts for cars off them scrap ones over there. And they were like, okay, mate, no worries. Have a good evening. See you later. Even though they, they saw, saw him roll a barrel into the water and he had no car parts on him. <laughs> what the fuck? Right, okay. Do you know what I mean? It's just crazy. People, they, people question it and it was the first answer they get, okay, that's fine. Yeah, it must be, it must be the truth. Yeah. It must be the truth. Unbelievable. So he was becoming cautious because his other, some of his other victims were, they were being fi- found, like their bodies were like floating up. They were chopped up to fuck, but mm-hmm. they were still being found. And this way, he's putting them in a metal drum Sort of minimizes the chance of that happening because they're going to sink to the bottom and not be found for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in this lady's case, it took six months for okay, her body yeah. to either pop out the barrel or the barrel to be dredged up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you can imagine what that kind of duration of, of just time, carnage. Yeah. yeah, it's just going mean, to just like loose flesh, isn't it? Yeah, if there's any left. Yeah, there's, there's going to be no f- DNA evidence linking you to it. No, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm no forensics expert, obviously, but I think after six months underwater, it's pretty much game just over. A, yeah, on yeah. the old DNA front. Yeah. So if we if we move forward now to April 1992, again, exact date isn't known. Rifkin picked up a 25 year old crack addict called Iris Sanchez, which is one of the baddest names ever. Mm-hmm. And um, in broad daylight, didn't really care. Just go and grab her. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't care anymore. It's just picking him up and going, yeah, I'm going to kill you in a bit anyway. Let's carry on. He strangled her to death whilst actually fucking her. Okay. Which is um, a confusing set of emotions to deal with, isn't it? You know, sex good, strangles bad. Yeah. Why is this all happening at once? Yeah, yeah. So he drove her to an illegal dumping ground, which sounds well dodgy because... It's called illegal dumping ground. Isn't that going to be checked or something? Maybe he wanted to be caught. 
Right, okay. That's what I read into it again. Just wanted it over with. Anyway, he dumped her body 60 metres away from a main road right next to JFK Airport. You could see the airport from where her body was found. Right. He covered her up with an old mattress. Uh, and what's nuts about this one is her body wasn't discovered for a year, even though she was 60 metres away from a, a big-ass road. What? And, in fact, when she, when she was found, she was still underneath the mattress, and they only found her. So that mattress had been sitting there for a year. Yeah, and they only found her because because um, he confessed and drew the and drew the police a map. All right, okay. I mean, oh, there was a body here. And it had a, a lady under a mattress. What, what, what's what's you know, yeah? Just look for the mattress on that road. Never look. What what looked underneath it? Yeah, body. How? I mean, unbelievable. It's crazy, isn't it? It it doesn't make any sense. Again, in 1992, he uh, he picks up Violet O'Neill. And she was taken back to his mum's house and promptly strangled after sex. Oh, gone back to his normal routine there. Yeah, he's going back to what he what he likes. You know, Maybe he thought he was getting a bit too uh, hot. Yeah, mm. got to get back to my house. Come on, love, hurry up. Yeah, yeah, chop, yeah. chop. Yeah, chop, chop, yeah. <laughs> back at the privacy of his home, he took her body upstairs and dismembered her in the bath. Okay. Which is Different pretty, place. Pretty yeah. smart, you know what I mean? Easy yeah. to clean. Yeah, wash it away. Hose her down. Yeah. He dumped her body, which was wrapped up in black plastic, into the Hudson River, and her arms and legs were found in a suitcase. And I don't think her head was ever found. Okay. So it's fucking horrible, isn't it? Mm. Look at these crazy motherfuckers out there. Yeah, it's all, you know, I mean, did he say where he dumped the head? Did, did it say anything about that? Probably can't remember, mate. No. It could be. That could have been Diane. It could have been... <laughs> Jane, I don't know. It's it's somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, a lot of them say they just. I can't remember. Was that number one or number eight? Uh, yeah. Ah, well, whatever. Yeah, they do just don't matter. You've got to. They're clearly dehumanised because yeah. they, you know you, you, you wouldn't be doing it, would you? In the exactly. first place. So why? It's like saying, where did you chuck that packet of crisps? Uh, I can't fucking remember. Yeah, somewhere down that road. Yeah. That's the way I see it. But his landscape business had gone down the shitter at this point because he was constantly out banging hookers and murdering them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owed rent but only had enough money for petrol and prostitutes by design, obviously. Yep. His life was a fucking state, so he re-enrolled into college but then promptly dropped out because he was feeling the urges again. And on the 16th of November 1992, he killed 23-year-old Jenny Soto. Now, she fought for her life like proper. Right, okay. He remembers her kicking off with him, big style. Like she broke all ten fingernails, scratching him in the battle. She's like fucking clawing at him and breaking it. And she fought so hard, Rifkin couldn't actually strangle her. Okay. Which yeah. is the first time that's occurred. Probably because she's I, d- I mean moving around fighting and or whatnot, yeah. So what he he ended up snapping her neck, which is fucking hardcore. That is, yeah. He literally twisted her head until her spine snapped. Oh, that's insane. You've got to have some... Oh, oh that poor woman, man. You imagine that, your head's being twisted and you're at the fucking... You're like, ah, oh, my head. Yeah. And then, over. God, it's a barbaric, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he threw her over a cliff near the Harlem River. <laughs> <laughs> and she was discovered at 8am the next day. Right. Two days after her body identi- uh, was identified, the police were like, hang on, this is another dead prostitute, you know what I mean? There's loads of them propping up now, yeah. Probably just misadventure. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm guessing the coroner said that she, uh, I don't know, um, had a heart attack. <laughs> just another dead hooker, mate. At I think of, yeah, at the bottom of a, a hill. Yeah, uh, yeah. A cliff. And even her head's on backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's got no fingernails. That's what happens when you have a heart attack. Your head, your head <laughs> yeah. goes backwards and you lose your fingernails. Overdose, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, look, it's a classic case of prostitute overdose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, can yeah. you not see her head's on backwards and her fingers are cut and she's got no clothes on? 
And you know what happens as well. Obviously, they wrap themselves in plastic before they, you know, commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, as well. every single time. Yeah, yeah. It's like part of when they trip in, they tend to just yeah, they get they get like hypothermia, wrap themselves up in tarpaulins <laughs> and throw themselves <laughs> off cliffs. <laughs> Fuck's sakes. Twenty seventh of February, nineteen ninety three, he killed twenty um, year old Leah Evans, and she was a mother of two, which is pretty. I mean, he wouldn't have known that, but. No. Um, but he's mixing things up a bit now. So Rifkin digs a digs a grave and disposes a body at a, at a creepy place called Hidden Hill Farm. Now, just after two months, her body was found. It was found on the 9th of May by a group of people. And it's, it's what it said in every single account that I read. They were out looking for herbs. <laughs> what? I mean, okay. They, they came across a hand sticking out of the ground. Just a fuck, what the like fuck? A, like a zombie hand just poking out. So you get the gruesome picture. Yeah, yeah. This is the way this weapon operated, and you know, a true predator assaulting unsuspecting women down and out on their luck, who are having to do shit that they don't want to do yeah. to support habits or to support. In this poor woman's case, um, Leah Leo Evans, she's trying to look after her kids. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So he's killing people like that. You know, he's not a nice fellow, as we uh, as we all know. Mm. So we can move on to his his last murder now. And how he was caught. It was on the 24th of June, 1993. Rifkin picked up 22-year-old Tiffany Breezecan in his mother's car. Okay. He, he was feeling Randy that night because she was his second prostitute. And she was strangled during sex. So you know, we, we've already discussed that. He, he likes yeah. doing it. You know what I mean? One poor woman called Mary Williams. She was smothered to death by Rifkin after he couldn't strangle her. Like he just grabbed her head and just fucking shoved his chest into her and just went... Until she died. He's an, <laughs> he's an animal, isn't he? It's an animal. Oh, it's horrendous, isn't it? Anyway, after, after, him, after murdering Tiffany, he drives home, stopping off to buy some rope and some tarpaulin. She's got a corpse Cla- in. Classic murder. Absolutely. Uh, murder of pink rope and tarpaulin. So she was wrapped up and thrown in the boot of the, uh, of the car. And when he got home, his mum was like, where the fuck have you been? Because it's like five o'clock in the morning or something shit yeah, stupid yeah. that he killed her. So it's like 8 a.m. he gets in. She's like, where, where have you been? I need the car. I need to go shopping. And he was like, fuck, there's a dead hooker in the boot. What am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. I can't get it out because it's going to be obvious. So he just he just like acted cool and just gave me the keys and went, okay. So, and just crossed his fingers and thought, fuck, I hope she doesn't look in, in the, the trunk. What the fuck, yeah. And, and if she does, maybe she'll come home and speak to me first. And what? So I know, just, yeah. That's like Russian roulette big time, that is. Yeah, no choice though. Yeah, he had li- he, there was nothing he could do, so um, she was gone for like an hour on this on this shopping trip, totally unaware that there was a dead prostitute in the boot of the car. And she's gonna open she's gonna open up the boot to put the stuff in, isn't she? Yeah, it's like a fucking horror movie, isn't it for her? But she didn't find it. What? She, she didn't know. How the fuck did she not know? Just didn't look in the boot, mate. Just didn't she? Just didn't. I don't know. Put it on the back seat or whatever. Or maybe she did, but because it, it was wrapped up. She didn't see it. It's, oh, I don't know. It must be a bundle of sticks. A dead deer. Joel's got from his landscape business. Yeah. It's a dead deer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's carry on. It smells a bit funky. Anyway, as soon as she gets home, she comes into the house and, and like becomes occupied doing whatever task she's doing. And Rifkin then runs outside, grabs her corpse, loads it up into a wheelbarrow, and then just shoves it into the garage where he leaves it for three days. What the f- But it's June, mate. So it's it's going to stink, yeah. Hot-ass days. On the 27th of June, three days later, Rifkin's like, I've got to do something with this this fucking dead... <laughs> <laughs> he really is pushing his luck now, isn't he? Yes, he let his, He got too complacent. Yeah, he's yeah. stinking the plate. Neighbours are complaining of the smells. Oh, yeah. Because there's a dead woman in a wheelbarrow. But you know what I mean? He's pushing his luck, letting his mum go out in it, and then, you know, and then fucking 
set full going, can I borrow the keys? I need to pop to the shop or something and it's like disposing it off a cliff again. Yeah. Or something. He's he's just gone, I'll put it in a wheelbarrow and stick it in the garage for three days, man. So what he does is like he's like, I've got to do something with this. So he he, he loads her up into the into the boot of his uh, tr- of his truck and then um heads out to dump her near I think it's called Melville's Republic Airport, something like that. I don't know. About fifteen mile away from where he lived. Mm-hmm. So he's got his plan. Just dump her. You'll get away with it. You've got away with it 17, 16 times so far. Yeah. It's going to be a piece of piss. On the way, police officers who were just patrolling around, weren't looking for anything, noticed a truck in front of them that was missing a rear license plate. And so they're like, oh, let's just pull him over and see if he realises his number plate's fallen off. Mm-hmm. No dramas, no, no biggies, whatever. As soon as they put the fucking lights on and go, woo, Rifkin's like, fuck, see ya. And he floors it. Like, yeah, as you, I mean, there's a dead person in the car, caught a mouldy dead person, absolutely bombs it. Ends up doing a hundred in a hundred mile an hour like cop chase through the streets to try and get away from him. Right, okay. So they're like, "What is he?" Yeah, what's going on here? Yeah, do you know what I mean? He's got more to hide than a broken number plate. See, so yeah. that he's really overreacting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the chase ended when um, Rifkin, who was panicked as fuck, crashed his car into a lamppost outside the very courthouse. <clears throat> where his eventual trial would take place. <laughs> nice. Which is very poetic. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So uh, obviously he was fucked and he couldn't escape. Cause the doors of justice. Yeah. <laughs> Bosh there. Yeah, yeah. So when he goes in on that fight on that day when he gets sent down, he's like, it all ended there. Yeah, yeah. Fucking 20 feet away. Bastard. He couldn't escape. No. I mean, he's, he's fucked now. So police approached the car to get him out. And as they said, as they got close, they could smell something was a bit fucking untoward. You know what I mean? But they went for him first, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, he went quietly. He, d- you know, I suppose, as quietly as the police would allow after he'd been mm-hmm. involved in a hundred mile an hour yeah, car yeah. chase. <laughs> so they handcuffed him, in, put him in the patrol car, and then headed over to check out the banged up truck. Yeah. And they didn't have to look hard because a the smell and b in the impact, um, Tiffany, her head and her arm had been flung out of the tarpaulin. So as soon as they opened, they were like, "My God, there's a fucking." Body there, Jesus yeah. Christ! So they immediately return to the patrol car and say, "Mate, what's what's with the um dead body in the back? Is there a dead woman in your? <laughs> She's been. D- what's happening?" And he went, "Yeah, sorry, I um I got a prostitute. I paid for sex, and uh, things got a little bit out of hand, and I killed her. And I was just on my way to uh, to dump the body. It's been it's been honest, except for the the things are getting out of hand because he's clearly done it millions of times. That was his plan all along. But yeah, yeah." Mm. Do you reckon that's, you know, as good as the, the uh, one where I was looking for car parts? Just to let you go? <laughs> yeah, he tried it, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he tried it. <coughs> so he was taken to police headquarters in uh, Hempstead uh, in New York and just pretty quickly started confessing. I mean, there's nothing he could do. I suppose he was like, let's just make it easier for me, my family, their family. Yeah. Just make, and just he just started telling. And cops were like shocked because initially they thought this was just, just a one-off hooker yeah. killing. Yeah. Not one of the most prolific ones in America. Yeah, and he's gone, well, actually, there's about 16, 17 at least. That I can remember. Yeah. So with Rifkin in custody, police set about searching his uh, unsuspecting mother's house. And in his room, they found shitloads of trophies. I think it was something like 250 like individual items that belonged to all of his victims, like women's underwear, brass pants, jewellery, prescription drug bottles that were prescribed to missing women and yeah, women yeah. that had been found, chopped up and shit. Heroin needles, which is fucking gross. I mean, yeah. chopping people up, he's not going to care anyway. Uh, purses, wallets, photographs of women, makeup, hairbrushes, clothing. And most of the... Um, the tr- trophies actually belong to unsolved murders. Oh, so right. they were like, ooh, we fucking 
Bingo, yeah. Motherload. There was loads of serial killer books, sadist porn films, and in the garage, police found a chainsaw, which is just like clogged up with human flesh and blood. So he didn't even bother cleaning the chainsaw? Well, he didn't think he was going to get caught, did he? He left her in there for well, three he's, days. He's guessing his mum never went in there then or something. No, it was, it was his realm, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Three ounces of blood were recovered from the um, from the wheelbarrow, so she's that's quite a lot of blood, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't know anything, apparently. <clears throat> Which I can believe. Yeah, I think I believe that as well, to be honest. Under questioning, he confessed to all to confess to seventeen murders. He drew maps, wrote down the victims' names and dates as best as he could, uh, and he changed his um, the, his mind regarding the the confession. Shall I say? He instead of confession and uh, confession and uh, having an admission of guilt, he chose to retract that two months into the hearing because he was offered a plea deal. Which basically said, if you admit to all 17 murders, we're going to give you 46 years to life in prison. So, in other words, you're not getting out yeah. if you admit it. And uh, he was like, I d- it seems like for some insane reason, he really believed that his, what his lawyers were telling him. Because they were saying, we're going to get you off all of these murders by claiming insanity. Yeah, You just have to say that you're, you, you lost your mind after you found out that you were adopted. And it fucked you up so badly, you just started killing so they were like, okay, we'll give that a go. Jury were like, what the fuck are you... I mean, mate, you found out you were adopted when you were 11. Yeah. You started killing when you were 30. Yeah. That ain't going to wash. No. Shut the fuck up. Sit down. His trial began on April the 11th, 1994. Unsurprisingly, they rejected his temporary insanity plea and yep. found him guilty of nine murders. But there wasn't enough evidence for the full 17. That's no. why they were pushing for right. the... For the um, Still 9-1. The yeah. matter does it in America, like I say. He was sentenced to 203 years in prison. It's all right, isn't it? He's up for parole on the 26th of February, 2197. 2197. Do you reckon um, they should keep the bodies and then put them up for parole? <laughs> after? Yeah. Yeah, man. After the 200-odd years? Just, 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 just for the laugh. Go, yeah, that's him there. It's not going to do anything. But. <laughs> in 1996, because Rifkin was so notorious, like prison officials didn't want him wandering around the general population of the uh, of the prison because they thought oh, it's, someone's going to fucking stab him or he's going to stab some fucker. Mm-hmm. Something's going to kick off and there's going to be blood and it's going to be our fault. So to protect him, what they did is they, they locked him up for 23 hours a day, letting him out for one hour. Yeah? Right, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You killed 17 people. That's what should be happening. After four years of this, Rifkin's lawyers took the state of New York to court for damages, and they tried to get £50,000 for each day that he spent in solitary, which worked out to be a total of $77 million. (laughs) Unbelievable, isn't it? He didn't get it. They were just like, what the fuck, man? There's something weird with American lawyers and stuff. Um, You know Roundup, the... um, Wicker. Yeah. A couple in America somehow proved or, or something that it gave them, one of them cancer. Probably. And they got something stupid like four billion pounds or something. <laughs> and, they, and obviously round up again, we're, we're going to appeal against that. But you, the couple after, you could see him, the, the lady was sort of sitting there and the geese would look shocked. But it didn't surprise me. If someone went, I don't even know how much it was. It was in the billions though. Really? It was like, yeah. Was, they're probably going to thought, well, you know, we're fucking like 70 something anyway. We've got cancer. Uh might get a couple of mil or a mil or something. And they went, have six billion pounds or whatever. Six thousand million it was, pounds. It was something weird. It was something mental. I can't remember the figure, but it was billions. And I was just thinking, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it, that? 
Yeah. I mean, but it's 77 me. million quid. Yeah, we didn't get it, obviously. No. He's still alive he's now, mate, though. He's still kicking. There's n- there's no death penalty in New York, so we're in New York State, so he's... Just chilling. Yeah, he's loving it, mate. Mm. How, yeah, so he's going to be, how old is he going to be, 60-odd? Coming up to 60? Something like that, yeah, 60-odd, six, something like that. He's all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's Well, he's not it. all right, but you know what I mean. He's loving it. Yeah. He's, got away, he's got away with it. He's still alive. He's in prison. Meals every day. Yeah, what, what do you like to, what you like to do today? Um, can we bring some hookers in? <laughs> yeah. Strangle now, wank? Now, you're going to kill him. No, no, no. I no, promise, no. I promise, I promise. I promise. <laughs> yeah. They'll come out in body bags. I mean... <laughs> I bet he calculated how many hookers he could have nailed for 77 million. He's like, I could just keep doing it. This is amazing. <laughs> Probably hire the Queen for that amount, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kill the Queen <laughs> in a hooker rampage. <laughs> so that's Rifkin, Rifkin, the um, quite um, charming fella, yeah. I thought he'd done it all in a quite a good way as serial killers go, <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean, he know what I mean by that is like he, he chose hookers, which I know this is bad to say. Hey, <laughs> we can't go on, I know this is bad, it's to fine, say. I don't care. No, no, but, but well, that at the time it didn't, did it? You know, what I mean, it was like you no, say, no drug cared. hookers, it was like so he's. He's done the the good serial path route, which is a uh, pick on the people that apparently don't matter, exploit to weakness, yeah, and won't be investigated. Mm-hmm. Um, do what you like, and they'll just say it's a drug overdose, even yeah. though you found him wrapped up in plastic in a in a river with a head caved in, yeah, strangled to death, yeah, overdose, fucking yeah, some yeah. serious heroin on the streets back then, yeah, makes your head fucking <laughs> cave in and look like it's been battered with a bat, yeah, always very good at bludgeoning people. He makes it look like a drug drug yeah. overdose, yeah, like he, blu- he bludgeons them. Sp- Maybe that's why he, he had to strangle them because he, he couldn't actually hit them hard enough. So he was just going out again, eh, just tapping them. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Just, can you stop that after an hour? He's literally just tapping them, like going. I think the strangles he wanted. I think he was doing that on purpose. Yeah, I think he liked to strangle them. Yeah, strangles. So that's that then. Yeah. Next so week is the last murder month. Last murder month. Have some ideas of who to cover. But um, yeah, man. Cool, man. So. Uh, <laughs> Have, we'll have a have a good sleep, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Think about this and, you know, just think how lucky you are <laughs> to be alive and not a hooker. Unless you are a hooker, then just... Then don't, don't get in car with fucking crazy people. Yeah, simple safe. Yeah, keep yourself safe. In it, you man. I mean? Yeah, sound. Wicked. See you next week. See you later, everyone. <laughs>